Yo, what's up? How you doing, man? I'm good. What's uh, what's what's good with you? I'm doing good. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me and inviting me to come here. No, of course. Um, yeah, I see you talking a lot about Twin Flames, and I saw you duet me. I'm like, wait a minute, this is weird. I was just like a while ago, just saying, wow, this girl's awesome. She has all the knowledge in the world, and I'm like, wait, this is me on her page. What am I doing here? <laughs> that that's so sweet and like i've seen your videos too and it's just like like so many things you have said that just have made so much sense and it's like yes so because i had i had followed you for a while and i'm like i do it like you like twice i think yeah and then on top of that you're a gemini and infj so i was like what is happening gemini when's your birthday Six ten. june yeah what about you Right on, like that that cusp, Taurus, little. All right, bit. It's, you're a little Taurus cusp. So you find yourself? Do you think you're more materialistic than other Gemini's? Because I know Taurus, they they like their comfort, they like their material goodness and stuff. You know what? Now that you point that out, like materials, but I'm not too big on like the most expensive materials, but I am big on that comfort. You know, like just like the clothing that I like to wear is very comfortable. Sweatpants. Very comfortable. I, I hate blue jeans. It, <laughs> I, it was it was torture when I had to wear that in, in school. But you know, love like the love the comfort, love just big soft pillows and comforters and all that stuff, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so basically, this is going to be just a chill, casual conversation from quote-unquote influencer to influencer i hate that word but whatever um just want to figure out your story how you figure it out spirituality twin flames who you are and how you just got to expressing yourself and posting online so uh we'll start from the beginning like what what made you just choose this path of creating content right because a lot of people go through things but not a lot of people feel the need to speak on what they're going through you know so what compelled you to speak your truth and share your insights i feel it was once i went through my spiritual journey and i learned how to heal myself i felt that that i felt that my calling was really to help others to heal themselves so i'm a life path number nine which is humanitarian a being of service to the world so I just feel like like ever since I was a child, I've always wanted to just help people with their problems. I was in school. I was in college. I studied psychology, wanted to understand the mind and wanted to be a counselor. Um, you know, Ina J's is a counselor. And as I learned so much and I started to really move out of the darker phase of that spiritual journey and I was coming more into the light, I just... Um, I had new bursts of energy and I just wanted to just just share things. Now the whole the whole TikTok and how that came, that really just it just happened. I think the very first sort of viral video, it wasn't even about um spirituality, it was more so about like narcissism. And that started to get gain a lot of attention. So I started to speak more on narcissism. Then I more so started talking about the spirituality and the whole twin flame things. Now um I'm a writer, so I have I have a blog, and a lot of the things that I, that I talked about on my TikTok videos actually came from the 
from my blog that I posted in early of 2020, like winter slash early spring. And I pretty much just took, just was sort of reading off of that and then just saying it out there onto onto TikTok because I'm feeling like this information is good, but I don't feel like it's reaching enough people. Mm. And then TikTok just gave me the platform and things just started to just come and started to pour in. And I wasn't expecting to grow, grow as large, grow as fast as I did. But the more that I was starting to grow, the more I just, it made me more in, it was more enjoyable. I just continued to do it. Yeah. So a couple of things that really stuck out to me about what you just said. First thing was you talking about narcissists. And I've been talking about how, you know, as a culture, we clear things as a collective and there are certain buzzwords that are really popular, right? So in 2019, narcissism was very popular. I don't know if you've noticed it. Uh, 2020, I feel like is more about the twin flame. Like 2020, the word twin flame grew in popularity. Um, Mm -hmm. but so with you transitioning over to TikTok, um, and just sharing what you wrote in your blog, do you feel like you did a lot of research or was it just more inward meditation? Okay. What am I learning through my twin flame journey? Uh, did you read about it or was it just intuitive downloads that you got? It was a combination of both. I was, um, I looked into the twin flame journey really when I met my twin because the the whole term twin flame was brought to my attention in the summer of 2019. And I met my twin in October of 2019. So the the whole name was introduced to me. And then once I met this person, like the whole twin flame, just like intuitively, it just like the light bulb went on. So I started to- Did you set an intention- when, when you heard the word twin flame, you're just like, oh, wait, no, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to meet my twin flame. I really didn't. I was just more so like, okay, twin flame, I, that's interesting or whatever. I kind of was just chilling because I was more on like a, just like a self-love journey. I really was just focusing on myself at the time. I was, you know, I'm dating myself. And I, I said that like maybe like a couple of weeks before I even met my twin. And as I'm looking back, I was in that whole, I'm loving myself. I'm doing me. And so I don't feel like I ever really set any intentions or maybe perhaps in the very beginning of 2019, I was just, I guess I was manifesting my soulmate into my life just telepathically. And then by the fall, it comes into my life. Yeah. I mean, cause when you love yourself, you align with love and then therefore you attract it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you did a lot of just uh, a lot of clearing on your own, a lot of research. Um, Walk me through like just meeting your twin, like that very first moment. A lot of twin flames, they have this very powerful first instance, or Mm -hmm. maybe it's not a powerful first moment, but the journey itself was just extraordinary or just out of this world or just completely different than the average interaction. Well, so, uh, it was October of 2019, and I actually met my twin through a relative. So this relative uh, was was in this play, was in this stage play, and we went to go see her perform. And one of the other actors in the play happened to be my twin. Oh, so, that's so beautiful. So what happened was, um, 
I remember the I remember the day because I actually met uh, my twin's uh, brother because it was like the place before the place started. You know, like, before they even opened the doors, a lot of people were just chilling out in the lobby. And I remember walking up to the concession stand, and his brother was kind of like a few yards away from me. And then his brother ended up speaking to me and you know just said hello hey how you doing complimented my, I was wearing glasses at the time complimented my glasses and was oh yeah my little brother so-and-so is in the play I'm like oh, okay cool so then here comes we're watching the play and then this person comes out and it's like right when I saw them even though they were on stage I just I felt something something interesting I just I had this I was coming over with this energy and it was kind of like Okay, I think that must be the that must be the guy that his brother was talking about. So we watched the whole thing, and I was really just admiring their talent, admiring the character that they were embodying. I felt like they were putting a lot of their personality into it, which was making me more just really attracted to them. Then here comes after the play was over. You know, you get to meet the cast or, and everything. And what happened is we kind of like. It's like we were like moving towards each other in the in the crowd. And it's like when I saw them, it's like I couldn't take my eyes off them. I just watched them the whole time. And then um what happened is I was I saw the play with my mother. My mother was standing next to me. She kind of bumped into him first and she was telling him, Congratulations, good job. And I was just kind of standing there behind her, just smiling at him. And then I must have looked away. And then that's when he spoke to me. Right when I looked away, just said, like, hey, I'm like, how are you? And all of that. And then the very next day, there was, because the play was, I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but the play was about um, two nights long. The very next day was, it was like an all cast after party. So everyone went to this this bar and I went with, I went with my relative. And then that's when we had a chance to really like meet for real. We got a chance to sit down and talk to each other and it was like, as I was speaking to them, as I was talking with them, just looking into their eyes, this person just felt so familiar. And it was just such a strong emotion, a strong feeling that I've never experienced before, that it just felt like I could trust them. I felt that I, I felt that I knew them. Wow. And so then things just kind of just kicked off from there. It hit it off really well. And then eventually, like, we go into separation. And then as we were in separation, of course, it, it, it really crushed me. It hurt. Hurt me a lot. And I was very, very depressed. I went into that dark phase for a little while, for a couple of months. And then I started to pull myself back out of it. And I started, um, that's when I started to get back into, I started writing in my blogs. I was writing about spirituality, um, and then eventually just moving more into that. I even was on YouTube. I was just doing various things. And then finally, here comes the very, it's like late summer, early fall. I'm starting on TikTok. And all of a sudden, I'm just speaking about this. And then everything kind of just started to fall really into place. And then when I posted that whole series about Twin Flames and it blew up the way that it did, yeah, again, completely completely unexpected I didn't expect that to happen but um that's when I realized that so many people had so many questions and I felt that I could help people mm -hmm. so that's when I had the idea of doing well let me start some coaching sessions so I 
started to do coaching sessions either via email if they wanted to just send me a letter and I read, analyze their situation and give them any insight that I could have on it. Right. And then I also had phone calls. So I would they would tell me their whole story and I would sort of piece out little information and help them gain clarity. And it really did help a lot of people. It helped them gain a lot of insight. But, you know, being an INFJ, it's, our energy is very heavy. A lot of that is just a little too much at times. So I had to sort of like back off of that, that, that interpersonal thing. Yes. Yes. Uh, I definitely want to go into that. I have a million questions already, uh, but you're, you're so right. <laughs> you know, picking up other people's energy, especially you're already an empath, right? Yeah. Um, and then we're Gemini, so we already have short attention span. So when people email us their entire life story, it's like five pages long. We're just like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, it's all long. But um, I'm interested in what the play was about. Something did it have weird, like romantic twin flame subtle cues to it? Oh wow! Well, not really, like. Okay, so the play was about, it was about human trafficking. Wow. About, you know, sex, about, yeah, sex trafficking. Um, and So definitely not Twin Flame vibes. <laughs> and, yeah, but what, what happened was the character that he played, it was, was basically what happened is there was like, there was like a house and there was like a, like a, like a mother she was like the head of the house and there were, you know, the, the girls that she would have. And, you know, they were part of the whole, like, you know, sex trafficking ordeal. And there was, and basically he was the person that was like, like her partner in a way, but it was, it, it was, it was a weird dynamic. Like they weren't really like a whole committed relationship, but it was like sort of like an off and on thing. They have known each other for so long. They even had like a child together at some point. Um, but what happened is there was like this, there was this one girl, like a, a girl who she ended up coming to this place. She had like, like moved out of her, she moved out of her mother's house. She ran away and then she ended up getting caught in inside this whole like, you know, sex trafficking yeah. um, house. And basically the the guy who was like the partner, he kind of started going after her, was like looking at her, really was really was attracted to her, interested in her. She like she was very confident. She was very strong, very independent. You know, she was the type of person like she didn't take shit from nobody. I loved her character. Um and he ended up with saying, like, you know, I want to marry you. I want to take you away. I want to I'll take away from all of this. And it was I thought it was very romantic and very sweet. So it's sort of a maybe that was like the little cues that I could see. Yeah. So is your is your twin like really into humanitarian type life path purpose stuff? (laughs) Yeah, he's the type where he um, he genuinely just loves to help people. You know, he's very extroverted. He's good at communicating, good at talking with people, and. He's just a genuine person that just loves to just help people, you know, working with just like human um, public relations, working with others. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, go. So then, you know, you you had the cast party, and then shortly after, you had uh, a separation. Did this? When you talked about how you went through a dark night of soul, a lot of twin flames go through this. 
I mean, every twin flame goes through this. It's the hallmark sign of a twin flame relationship where you feel incredible amount of pain. It's indescribable. It cuts deeper than words can even begin to describe, right? Uh, what were you thinking? Like, did you feel like you were going crazy or how did you explain whatever you were feeling to yourself or did you have any support? Cause you know, it's a very lonely journey for people who go into those dark places within themselves. Well, I will say that I felt that I went through that majority of that journey alone. And by the time I was able to have support was when I started to have the, uh, really like the platform that I developed on social media. So that helped further along, like towards like the end part of the journey is where that support started to come in. But the beginning phases, it was just me. Like I couldn't really talk to my family about it. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, it was a lot of reasons, you know, for that. Like it was a whole, you know, can we can be judgmental and judge situation for not really understanding what it is. But what I was explaining to myself was, um, I was like, well, you know what? Like, if this is what we have to do, then this is what we have to do. I will be fine. But at the same time, it did hurt a lot because it was very unexpected. Mm. And I was just telling myself, like, remember what you heard the first time you met them. Remember what you felt intuitively and just trust that. Mm. Trust that and understand that this is all a part of the process and that you just need some time. Just take some time to yourself. And really, I was starting to realize I had a lot more healing to do. So a lot more trauma to heal from. Yeah. So it was in a phase of just staying more to myself, doing what I could, could to heal, but also feeding into my spirits, feeding into my soul, which is following my passion. I feel like this is a part of the journey as you eventually leads towards your passion. Some people are drawing, some people are singing. Mine happens to be writing. So that was the first thing I went to and then just grew from there. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, that's amazing. Uh, especially, you know, turning that pain into purpose is a pivotal moment in anyone's dark night where pain starts to decrease when purpose arrives, right? Once you realize the purpose of the situation, you know, you go, oh, wait, yeah, separation isn't just separation, but it, this could be preparing me for something better to come, whether it's with a tw twin flame or something else. Uh, during your separation, what was the number one thing you learned about your twin flame dynamic? Or what do you feel like your twin flame was teaching you or preparing you for? I feel like a lot of this has to go with where you need to grow as a person. Mm. And with me, one thing that we mirror, the what we mirror about each other is we're both the youngest of four siblings. And what's kind of crazy is like our dynamic above us, it's it's girl, boy, girl, and then it's us. Wow. So that was, one, that was a very strong, like, okay, wow, that's interesting. But, you know, as being the youngest of my family, I've definitely got spoiled. I'm not going to lie. And I used to, I was in this phase where I used to always want to get my way. You know, Gemini's, we like to get our way. And I feel that was a big thing that I had to learn is that I'm not always going to get what I want. And that's something that I have to accept and to just go with the flow and understand that I can't always be in control of everything. And me trying to gain control over the situation 
trying to pressure them was doing more harm than good. And I was realizing I was self-sabotaging myself because, you, you know, you can't open a door that God has shut already. Mm. It's shut for, it's shut for mm. a reason. You got to wait. You got to be patient. God's going to open it soon, but you got to just be patient. And I feel like I was thinking about this earlier today that the whole, like, you know, we're both masculine and feminine energies. Right. And I feel as if in order to really navigate the best way is all of this is stemmed from love. Love is the most powerful emotion because God is love. Mm-hmm. You have the feminine of the emotional part of it, but the man, the masculine is the logical part of it. So it's, it's like, feel like a woman, but think like a man. Mm. Cause you, you have these emotions. You think like, so when you think like a man, you think logically. So what's going to be the best course of action, the best decision? How can we use our discernment in the best way? And I think that was one of my, my biggest mistakes was um, not using the proper discernment in situations. And that's what sort of got me into situations that I had to, that did trigger me and I had to heal from it. I had to learn my own lesson, but it's all a part of the journey. When we act off of our emotions, especially the women, we hurt ourselves. But it's, it's the purpose for us to really step out of the emotion for a little bit and look at the situation differently. And that's the biggest thing that I've, I've learned. Wow. That's powerful. And so a lot of divine feminines right now in separation and still in that darkness of soul energy, trying to open the same door that God had proverbially closed. What advice would you give them? Would it just be that to uh, think more like a man or increase that masculine energy of, okay, what is the purpose here? Where is this leading me towards? I really give the advice is to realize that this is a divine connection and God is ultimately in control. You know, God, the universe source, whoever it is to whoever you call it, power is in control. And we have to be able to, when they, when we say surrender, you know, we have to have that, that Christ consciousness, you know, Christ is, was a humble spirit. Mm -hmm. We have to have that spirit of humility. We have to really essentially humble ourselves and realize that, yes, we have all these feelings, but we have to humble ourselves to the, the process that we're in, the journey that we're in, the season that we're in. There could be seasons of your life where it's a drought period. You're not going to get what you want, but it's a test of character, it's a test of attitude. How are you going to react when you're not getting what you want? And when you when we react off our emotion and I've been in this position. I've reacted off my emotion and I've gotten my feelings hurt and it's prolonged things. Mm. It's you have to react differently. React differently. Think it's really about just the understanding using the, the heart and the mind at the same time. Yeah. And perceiving the, the time as, okay, this isn't, uh, this isn't destiny right here. This isn't my circumstance. Isn't my conclusion. Right. Because when people think like that, I mean, the mind is powerful. It literally creates the timeline that you're on. So if you're telling yourself this condition is how it's going to be from now till forever and beyond, well, you're just going to find ways to perpetuate that and not bring yourself into alignment within yourself and alignment with your twin flame. Um, you talk a lot about healing. What does healing look like? Um, obviously, healing is very important. It's the purpose of the twin flame separation where your wounds are mirrored and they're exposed and they're literally 
does like it feels like salt being poured on your wounds how do you heal mm-hmm. uh is it a process of meditation is it a process of just being aware of where your triggers are coming from and then responding differently rather than reacting from a place of emotional just reactance like how do you what how do you heal is it is it in doing is it in feeling how do you what what is the healing process for you for me, the first part of the healing process is the understanding. And I've learned that even before I even met my twin flame, when I was going through, like, my twin flame journey, I went through, like, a second dark night of the soul. But the first time I went through it, it was just dealing with the trauma that I've dealt with over the past 20-some years of my life. And what really helped me to heal from any pain that I've been through was understanding what was truly going on, looking at the bigger picture from a broader perspective, looking at everything that was happening, understanding my role, understanding the other person's role. When there was understanding, I was able to see the situation for what it was and acknowledge it and accept it. And at that point, I was able to be at peace with it because it has to start and everything starts in the mind. So it starts there in the mind. So you have that understanding. So then the next step is when triggers occur. Mm -hmm. So when the trigger occurs, that's where, like you mentioned, the awareness. When you are aware that you're triggered, you understand, okay, it's coming from this. It's not coming from this thing that's surface level. It's something that's deeper than that. So let me dive deep into where this is really coming from. Let me find that wound. And you will find these all the way back into the childhood. When When you find these wounds that's where you have to really give that love to your inner child, allowing that, that part of yourself to feel nurtured, to feel loved. And also it comes with, you know, really just healing the body. So I feel meditation can come in so many different ways. Like I'm not the type that, that sits cross-legged and meditates like the hands in your, your fingers and your knees. I'm more so, um, I like to openly meditate. So I will may just like, I will turn off like every single TV, no noise. It's just complete silence. I don't turn on any lights. I just use sunlight. And it's like, I'm pacing throughout the house. I'm thinking I'm in my thoughts and source just comes right to mm. me. Or I may walk, I may walk outside. Like I'm an air sign. So I love being around trees. So I'll go walking in nature and, or I'll just go stare at a tree. And then, you know, trees talk to you. So yeah, I'm, I'm getting a lot of that information. So a, a big part of the journey was really just just sitting with myself and allowing in the stillness, allowing the answers to come to me, allowing the the healing to come to me. And one last thing about how I heal is whenever I feel any emotions, I feel into it. I sit with it and I breathe it in. It's like I suck it in like a vacuum and then I just breathe it back out. And so the heavy, the heavy breathing, the deep breathing really does help just sort of align myself back into my body and helps to release that energy. Do you have any tips with how to just sit still with yourself and not run or try to sedate or numb that feeling whenever that intense emotion comes up of deep sadness or deep pain? Uh, Because we live in a time where it's just easy to distract ourselves go on tiktok and spend hours on tiktok or watch the news or argue with a friend 
you know, we live in a very distracting time where distractions are all around us. Um, how do you just ignore all that external noise and just really ground yourself and sit in the seat of your emotions? To come with the discipline. So I've had to have moments where I've had to log out of my social media accounts or even delete the apps off of my phone or even sometimes putting my phone on do not disturb, turning it off completely so I'm not tempted, not, not turning on any television, not like just really forcing myself to not do this and just sitting with the emotion. And I think a big part of it is uh, making yourself a nice, comfortable environment for you. You know, so I feel like comfortable clothing helps with that. So, you know, if you're sitting in some blue jeans, it may be harder for you. But if you're sitting in pajamas or in a robe, we really hate the blue jeans. So comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, being oh comfortable. God. But but yeah, being comfortable. Huge. Being comfortable huge. and um, the huge thing. And what I definitely tips that I recommend is. Natural sunlight into your house does so many wonders. I mean, it's it's a difference versus mm-hmm. there's a different energy in the house when the shades are drawn versus when you got that crack open and, and you got all this sunlight coming through. It's allowing the healing energy to come through to your house. So like you're sitting in healing energy. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it, allowing the nature to come inside or even just even just sitting outdoors, I understand it's winter some right now, but even just making yourself just warm and comfortable, just going outside, it does so many wonders for you, allowing you to, to sit still. Yeah, you said something really interesting that I've never thought about before, uh, where you're an air sign, obviously I'm one too, and so you like being around the trees. I love trees, uh, and I never connected it back mm-hmm. to the zodiac. And so for those listening, you know, fire signs, light a candle, look at the fire, might bring some peace or some sense of solace and serenity within you. You know, if you're a water sign, go to the water. Uh, Earth sign, put your feet in nature, right? So I've never, never really thought about that. But I went on a walk this morning and just looked at the humongous trees and it was very grounding. It was very peaceful. And you're right. Like the trees do talk to you. Like you can, I can literally hear the vibrations from the trees. And yeah, I, I definitely, you know, realized this maybe some months ago that your elements of whatever sign you are really does play a role in the type of nature that you need. Like fire signs, they love to be out in the sun. They love the heat. It's okay for them to just you know, be in Florida, be in Texas, out in the sun. They they love that. Or even, um, I'm thinking of like earth signs because I'm an earth sign rising. I'm a Sagittarius yeah. moon. So it's like, I kind of have like earth, yeah. wind, and fire. But so like all three of it, the sun, candles, earth, and air, all are like my favorite ones. Now me, I only have like one water in my chart. So that's why I'm not a big fan of water. Like I still don't even know how to swim. <laughs> But that's all. Yeah. Um, So you've helped a lot of twin flames. Uh, A lot of twin flames I work with now um, or the ones that just urgently DM me looking for some advice. uh, They're coming from this place of I feel complete without this person. Uh, And before I used to 
it used to annoy me to be frank where i was just like what but now i'm coming more from a place of empathy and realizing okay i understand i used to be where you are uh what what's the best piece of insight that you can give to someone who feels just utterly incomplete and you know like i do apologize if i have come off the wrong way to anyone who's asked for advice because they said that they feel incomplete uh it is truly a painful ripping a part of your soul to be separated from your twin flame it's literally no joke it's probably the most painful separation you'll ever experience. I mean, I definitely have to agree that I've gotten a lot of messages in my uh, in my DMs about people just explaining their situation. And um, one thing I would just love to say to, to anyone listening to this right now is that um, we are all empaths. We all absorb energy very deeply. And it's not that we are trying to be malicious and not respond or not help you. It's sometimes the energy is just a little too heavy for us to even just even just read the message yeah. and respond because it ignites that trigger. And I think and I think people don't and people aren't intentionally trying to just pour out their problems. They're just in a place where they're crying mm-hmm. out for help. And we understand that. It's like having their empathy. But a big part of the journey is that we can't always rely so much on other people to, to help us along there because everything that we need is within us. And sometimes when we reach out to others and we don't get a response, we don't get what we want, that's really just source blocking that. Like, no, don't ask man, ask me. Yeah. Ask source. Yeah, it's, it's so easy to... Uh, just want to ask man, like you said, and not go to that place within yourself that has all the answers, you know, like a lot of people ask for tarot card readings and I do tarot. I'm, I'm sure you do too, right? Yeah, I'm not really, uh, I'm taking a break from tarot, but I was doing. Yeah. Uh, so with uh, you taking a break, what, what, what do you feel inspired it? Back to the energy thing, you know, um, just us as empaths, and I feel us as INFJs, we absorb energy even more deeply than the you know the other personality types. And um, I was, of course, using my intuition when reading the tarot, but I didn't realize how much energy it was really going to take. And although I, I felt like I was ready to do it, but all of the energy that it was taking to do all of those readings it it just eventually just became too much for me and there was just too much on my plate so I felt like I had to just take a yeah. break from it yeah to preserve no, my it's, it's exhausting and literally my my business is around uh all things twin flames is centered around psychic services and channeling for other people it's exhausting like I I'm exhausted pretty much throughout the entire day. So what are some best practices you do uh, to really just keep yourself in the place of being in high energy or what are some things that you don't do? And you're just like, okay, I I can't be doing this. Otherwise I'm not going to have energy for the things that I need to get done in my life path. Really? I, I realized that, you know, I get exhausted a lot too. And me trying to run on a few hours of sleep is really not going to work. I'm a person that I need about, you know, at least seven hours of sleep in order to really be grounded within myself throughout the day. So Mm -hmm. sleep is important. Um, 
also what helps me to get in my right energy is the daily gratitude listing other things yes. that you're grateful for um as well as praying every day just I've noticed shifts in the day like if I wake up and the first thing I do is I pray the energy is just great for the rest of the day and if I don't it may get off to a rough start so the prayer really just and even a spirituality you know a lot of people think it's a lot about meditation but you can still pray and be spiritual yeah uh I think it, it I think you need both right uh prayers you communicating meditation can be thought of as you listening to god right uh but there's there's benefit in you communicating your concerns to the higher power um two things that i want to touch on is first is what is your how has your connection with god changed through the twin flame journey and the second one is I want to go into your family structure and like how your family sees your spiritual journey. If they're supportive, if they're just like, what is she doing? Uh, why is she getting into Zodiac? Are, are they woke? Are they cool? Or like uh, that, that just interests me. Uh, but we'll start off with your relationship with God. Uh, it, it seems like your faith has a strong bearing on your identity and what makes you, you, what makes you grounded, what makes you uh, centered. Uh, so Walk me through your relationship with God right now and how it's evolved because of the Twin Flame journey. I would start off by saying that before I became spiritual, I was, you know, involved in religion. But of course, it wasn't my choice. It was just a part of the way I was raised. I was brought up Christian, Pentecostal Christian. So I was a kid that grew up in the church. And I've had that strong relationship with, you know, praying to God, talking to God whenever I was in trouble or needed something or just in general, just trying to grow, just praying. And over time, I started, you know, I started to get more into the word. I started to read just the, not too much, but a little bit. And I started to learn more about, about God. And I started to become spiritual around the time that I was in college. I was you know, hanging around groups of friends that were spiritual and they were teaching me things. And because I was expanding my mind and seeing things differently, it's like their information was planting seeds in me. And I just started to just grow within myself, just doing my own type of um, just research and soul searching. And like I was talking about Mm -hmm. the first part of that spiritual journey and healing myself and going through a lot of the dark night of the soul, I definitely was suicidal for like the third time in my life. So it was, you know, continuing where is anytime I was getting really depressed or I was suicidal, it was always that voice in my head, like, you're not finished yet. If you end it now, how are you going to see yourself get better? Mm-hmm. That was always that pull. And it was always that trust because I've grown up in my life where I've been very independent. I've always felt very much alone. So the only person I have ever felt like I've had has been God. So just throughout my life, it's always been strong like that. And then once I met my twin and I was realizing that a lot of this that I was going through, no matter how painful it was, I felt like it was for a greater purpose. And it was just the trust. It was the, the faith was increasing. The trust was increasing because I'm thinking, I'm not sure God what you're doing here, but I trust you. I just trust you. And I just was taking it one day. Yeah, that's amazing. And what's what's great is that 
a lot of people when they leave religion or when they not even leave religion, but when they dabble in spirituality, meditation, uh, into healing themselves uh, and everything spiritual, uh, the spiritual journey comes with, they denounce God, they denounce their religion, they walk away from church. Uh, what are some like misconceptions about God or the church that you want spiritual folk to realize? Because I'm in the same boat as you, where I still read the Bible, I still pray. Um, in fact, like I I took a big detour away from the Bible, but now me me and my girlfriend like we're we're reading scripture like pretty much every every night, and we're just trying to learn about it from from a very unbiased view. But what made you just like cling on to it rather than dispose of it like most other spiritual free thinkers? Well, I think it's about people can be a little misinformed because I was definitely taught that, you know, the Bible is, is watered down. It's whitewashed. It has so many things that are, it's been changed so many times, but we have to remember that before it was changed, there was the original Bible. There was the Apocrypha where there was Jesus was a black man, the book, yeah. of, the book of Enoch, all, you know, those different books. So, um, I feel like when people converted to spirituality, they may have felt like, let me not trust the Bible at all because people are saying this. But I feel like people, mm-hmm. there's always two sides of the coin. So yes, we can look at it as, well, some of this is not the, the best. You can't take everything from the Bible. Literally, you have like, you know, certain versions that you want to read can give you um, different interpretations to it. But we also have to remember that this this bible is the source like it's it's the what's it called it's like a it's really like a i've read this book where it's called the bible is a love letter from god because god is love so it's like everything is about just how much god loves yeah. his children his people and it's really a it's like a guide of how to just how to grow and how to evolve as a soul and just reading more so into the scripture and doing your own, your own research, your own learning, your own teaching and not allowing religious leaders to be the ones to do the explaining to you because with religion, they can take those sacred texts and misconstrue them to fit this religion and religion is based off of fear and control. And people I feel are just turned off from the Bible altogether. And they realize don't hate the Bible, hate, don't hate, don't even hate the messenger. Don't hate the Bible, don't hate the messenger, but forgive the messenger, forgive the religion, but don't ignore the yeah, word. That's the word so needs powerful. to be there. Um, and what message do you have for people in the church who, on, on the op- opposite side, who are afraid of spirituality? They're afraid of incense, even though incense was burned many times in the Bible, who are afraid of astrology, even though. Who, who found Jesus Christ? The wise men, the magi, they were magicians from Iran who followed a star. They were astrologers, right? Job 38 uh, verse 32 talks about how God hung Maseroth, which is a, a, a Greek word for or a Hebrew word for the crown, which symbolizes the zodiac wheel, right? So astrology is all over the Bible. Uh, what message that that's just my little hot take because I have a lot of things I want to say to the church, obviously. But uh, what is a message that you want to say to people who are stuck in religion, who hear words like meditation or chakras and crystal healing, even though Aaron's breastplate of righteousness and 
which made them communicate with God, had 12 gemstones in it and had crystals all in it, had amethyst, it had lapis lazuli. Now, um, what is the message that you want to say to people in the church regarding this new age spiritual movement, which they're deathly afraid of? I would say that when it comes to growing your relationship with source, there's no fear because source did not give us a spirit of fear. So if you fear going to spirituality because religion says so, then look at the issue with religion and not with spirituality, the first thing I would say. And I also will say is that I feel that spirituality is developing your own personal yep. relationship with source and not um, relying on a pastor to preach to you every Sunday and have a sermon, but do your own research and read the Bible yourself. And there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that we yeah. go through is in the Bible. And, you know, we can read, like I can read a, a scripture from Psalms and it could relate to my life and it can make a different understanding for me because it relates to my experience versus what your pastor has told you and has taught you because they're doing their own interpretation. And I think that's what happens is people that go to religion are those that um, they want things to be fed to them, just taught to them. And they are not really going into doing their own type of research into stuff. So I would say if anyone's in the church now, still read the Bible for yourself and read the scripture. And it really will change your whole outlook. It will change how you look at your own life. And then you'll start to see that it's really nothing to That's fear. beautiful. Uh, and so the last part of uh, that question that I asked a couple minutes ago was your relationship with family. How has that changed? How has it, uh, how have you seen it grown or develop? Have there been resentment to you dabbling more into spirituality? Uh, Cause I know you said that you were raised in the church and I, I, I was too. Um, my family thinks that, you know, I kind of have gone off the deep end a little bit. Uh, how has yours viewed or perceived your own twin flame journey? Dynamic that I've had with my family is. Well, really, I started to get sort of involved in the spirituality a little bit because of my older sister. And we're only a year apart. So she was teaching me a lot of different things, even hanging with her friends. So um, as I was moving more so into my own spirituality, they may have thought that, oh, I was following my sister. She had influence on me or when I started to read tarot. But I think the part where there where things turned a little sour was when I started to, I was going through like the intense part of my spiritual awakening. So I was more so following my intuition and I was breaking from that tradition. I was shedding parts of myself that I didn't need anymore. And they looked as if I, I didn't know what I was doing with my life, but I really was just shedding away what didn't belong and trying to find myself again. So when I was in that phase, there was a bit of, they weren't really fully understanding what I was going through. And I don't think they knew exactly how to help me. And me being such a private person, not always opening up about what I was going through, it caused a little bit of, a bit of tension. But over time, as I've grown and I've gained a lot more wisdom and I've really calmed down a lot of that 
that anger I, I used to have and I've been more loving, they've seen the growth in me. They've seen me evolve and they see, you know, um, the maturing that I've done over the years. So now they're looking at it as whatever she's been doing is, is working now because now we can get along with her better. Now she has better understanding. And now it's at a point where, yeah, I'm the youngest yep. in the family, but a lot of them come to me for advice or they'll call me up and ask me like, okay, let me, and then I will bring things to their attention. And it, it could be times I could be talking to my parents or my older siblings and I could say something very profound and like they're left speechless and they're like, you know, that's a very good point. So I feel as I've gotten older and wiser that now there's a different level of trust and really like respect that they have for me now because they can see the growth. Um, And what's beautiful is because in my case, the growth is almost questionable because it's not in the way that they perceive growth. It's like, okay, well you, you're, you haven't climbed the corporate ladder. You haven't gone to, you didn't get your master's. So are you growing? You know, so it's not so much, uh, confirmed and validated through their uh lens but you know with you them being very open and receptive to the wisdom that you do have within yourself i think that's a great testament to just how much knowledge you have acquired i mean you're just such a wise soul and like i can literally feel the wisdom just soothing and like just seeping out of you uh again i just want to ask one more time just so people listening can can really get a hold of this is did you do you feel like this was just research or just coming within yourself and accepting who you are like how do you get to a place where you're someone who's young i'm young and we're giving advice to people who are older than us right uh most of your clients probably who reached out to you via email they're probably twice your age right like i deal with a lot of professionals a lot of people who are even therapists right uh people who are 50 years old plus asking me, Hey, should I leave my marriage to be with my twin? Yeah. So like, how do we get to this place where we could give knowledge? What gives us accreditation? What validates our knowledge? You know, cause it's not something you can stamp like uh, a degree on. It's not something you can attribute to taking a certain class. It's just, is it just about going within yourself and finding peace there? Absolutely. A lot of the wisdom that I have now has been acquired from that own soul searching and diving. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. My brother just walked into the garage. So you're sorry. Okay. So um, a lot of the wisdom that I've, that I have acquired has come from within, like I said, the tuning within and just gaining that wisdom that way. And just um, having that that different level of understanding. And a lot of times, like, you know, maybe this is like an air sign thing or an introvert thing. Like, I talk to myself a lot. Like, I talk to myself more than I talk to people. So a lot of times I'm talking out loud. I'm giving myself wisdom. So I'm teaching myself. That's, that's as I'm amazing. Well, yeah, you're clear audience. You, you, you have psychic hearing. And so your thoughts are very loud. I'm a writer as well. And so you probably have it where you write things in your head before you actually write them. piece it all together in your head first before you put it on paper definitely but yeah but I agree um I definitely have had people you know reach out 
And I've had different clients that were twice my age. And, you know, a lot of this wisdom really just came just, it's really just the spiritual knowledge. It's, I feel like we are, you know, messengers of mm-hmm. source and source just speaks right through us. It's like, you know, chosen by source, anoint, like the anointed ones, the ones that are meant to pe- just random people. I'm just like, I'm random kids. I'm placing them on this pedestal, shining their light because they have, they have a light within them that's yeah. to ignite a light within others. You saw that movie Soul on Disney Plus. It explains that so perfectly. And it's like, I feel a lot of, you know, people now, like those mentor souls are the ones that are those very wise souls and people just meant to help others. And it's, it's like, I was listening to your podcast. You were talking about, we are all one consciousness. And I'm thinking that because we are all one consciousness, when we can, when those mentor souls can help those other souls understand something, understand what they're going through, it creates a whole ripple effect. And now the conscious itself has now elevated and raised a bit. So now collectively, it's a different wave of energy yes. that's going around. Yes. It's like when yes. one shifts, they all shift. Um, so another common question I get and this is something you probably encounter quite a bit too is especially with tarot card readings uh is okay so is he coming back is this my twin flame i need to know otherwise like i'm going to move on like there's a lot of misconceptions in that sentence so can you walk someone through uh the the misconception or what they're missing if they're coming from the paradigm of okay if he's not my twin flame please let me know because I'm about to move on. So they're equating, okay, he's my twin flame. Therefore he must come back to me or, okay, he's my twin flame. Therefore we must end up in, in some type of physical union. Otherwise I'm going to move on. Do you know what I mean? So uh, can you talk through uh, a scenario of someone in this situation and kind of just counsel their way into a more grounded place of balance and detachment? help them to understand that what they're dealing with here is they're dealing with their soul intuition and then what their ego is thinking it's like a battle that's going on there because like you feel something so strongly within your soul you feel like this is a strong connection but because our ego is so attached to this 3d world that we expect to see certain things we expect we have these like high expectations, but it's a spiritual journey. So there's not, we're not going to get everything that we want to see in the 3D. And the 3D is actually contrary to God. So whatever you kind of see in the 3D in regards to certain things, if it doesn't really align with what you're feeling, then don't listen to it. Don't pay attention to it. Because, you know, the enemy runs this 3D world. It's the uh, author of confusion. So I will say that, you know, if you feel so strongly that this person is your twin flame, then don't focus so much on them, them coming back and them speaking to you. And I think the whole coming back is really just, they just want the validation. You just want to be talked to. You just want to be heard. You want to get, you want to have attention. And I think that's where we get triggered and we, that, a lot of like, you know, divine feminists, divine masses, we've had trouble childhood. So that wounded inner child just wants that validation, just wants to have their way. So that's why they tend to go through that 
that pain where they're thinking, well, where is he? Why, why is there not coming back? It's, it takes time. And, you know, when we, when you evolve and you mature as an adult, you, your patience grows, like, especially when you become a parent, your patience grows. But when you're a child, you're a little bit more impatient. So if you can get, if you're realizing you're in that phase of when are they coming back? I want them to come back now, trying to have it on their own terms. That's you trying to control and rush the journey. It's you're trying to, you want things to happen your way on your terms and you're not trusting everything, you're not trusting the process. And that's why things prolong. It's understanding we are not in control and seeing it's, it's all leading us back to having that strong You know, I've never seen it like source, that really. where it's really the inner child acting up in fear and saying, wait, this isn't going my way. This isn't going my way. This isn't how I plan. This isn't how I strategize. This isn't how I organize my life and my vision board. You know, it's really the inner child just wanting things to happen a certain way, which is definitely tied to ego. Um, and that's a beautiful realization. And it also shows you that emotional maturity is way different than just growing in age and number. And so the reason we can give advice to people twice our age is because maybe we haven't ignored our inner child. Maybe we have the process of reparenting ourselves and learned how to be patient and not force things to go a certain way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's really, it's, um, I feel that a person truly starts to really makes a breakthrough in their emotional maturity and their growth. Yep. When they become their own parent. Now you may not have, had the most nurturing parents. You know, I come from divorced parents. So um, I, a lot of times I had to pretty, I was very independent. I had to do a lot of things on my own because my parents weren't always around. They had to work, you know? So with that, although I was deprived of certain things from my childhood, it doesn't mean that I still can't give that to myself now. And it's learning when you can reparent yourself and be everything for yourself, whether mother, father, sister, brother, exclusive lover when you're that for yourself you're giving yourself all of that love and all avenues it it allows you to grow and expand as a soul because the key to healing uh, is yeah. love giving yourself that love and i think what happens is people people twice our age they've been so plugged into this matrix so plugged into survival mode that they've just been brushing their issues under the rug thinking that time will heal all wounds but you got to do the work to heal. And they've been, they have been ignoring that inner child, not realizing how much it actually affects you. And especially the older generations, like the baby boomers, the generation X, like the older side of the generation X was not really into the whole mental health. And I feel like us millennials, generation Z, we are more into the mental health and realizing how it's, it's a real thing and it really does affect us. So we've just, dive more into gaining a better understanding of the world which is why you see a lot of younger people just having more wisdom than yeah. people that um, are like middle and age a link to accessing love which is all around us love for ourselves love for our family a lot of it comes from forgiveness and so can you talk to me too about the process and the importance of forgiving someone uh, and the reason I say this is because a lot of people, you know, they're they're in separation and they're seeing their twin run off with a karmic or 
they're stuck in uh, toxic patterns of alcoholism or abuse in some type of way. And there's a lot of judgment there and there's not a lot of forgiveness around what they did to cause separation. And so what is the power of forgiveness and what can we learn from it? Again, I think forgiveness goes into the whole part of understanding because I feel like um, when you're dealing with your twin that your twin can, can trigger you in a way or they can do something that it does hurt, but it wasn't done intentionally to harm. or It wasn't with malice intent. It was to, it was kind of stemmed out of love. And, um, and also understanding where a person has been through and just from the beginning up to where they are now, because that's what's going to tie into their decision-making. And when you can see them as a whole person that, a person that's human, a person that has flaws and people that make mistakes. And we realize that, you know, let me not, let me, sometimes we can't see past our own pain. We're in so much pain and we take, we internalize things and we take it so personally that we can look at a situation that someone has done to us and we can hold on and harbor so much emotion, so much anger so much hatred towards that incident that we don't allow ourselves to forgive. But when we understand both sides of the situation and understand it for as a whole, we can often sometimes see that the thing that we're mad about is actually a very trivial thing. And then we can look at it that way. It's like, oh, these problems are not as big as what they are. Some, a lot of things that we tend to dwell on is very surface level. But when we dive beneath the surface, we can see it's, it's bigger than that. So when, when you understand a little bit more, you're able to accept the situation. And that's where the forgiveness comes in. Because it's, right. it's one thing to right. forgive, but you have to know why uh, you got to forgive not them. taking things so personally, right? There's a quote that goes, uh, understanding replaces forgiveness in the mind of a master. Where you don't have to forgive anyone because you realize, oh, yeah, you're just in pain. I understand. You don't even have to say sorry. It's like when a, when a baby spills milk you don't go it's okay i forgive you i forgive you no you understand hey this is a child they don't have complete control over their motor skills yet you know in the same way we're dealing with human beings who are just trying to do things the best way the best way they know how you know and a lot of them have a lot of negative uh biological programming and so they sabotage things but the purpose of forgiveness isn't to give them a free pass and be say oh yeah you can go away scotch-free but just coming from a place of radical empathy and saying, I understand why you did this. It has nothing to do with me, has nothing to do with the fact that you don't love me. You know, in fact, usually it's the exact opposite where they love you so much and they can't understand why. Right. Especially with, with, with the twin flame dynamic, they're just trying to get over someone, you know? Uh, And, but yeah. Um, So, a lot of big things happening for you, my friend. Uh, what do you want 2021 to look like? Well, I want 2021 to not look like <laughs> I think you're off to a good start, That was, no. Yeah, like 2018 really was when I started my spiritual journey. It actually started on, on my 21st birthday. And it got a, it just went all downhill from there. And then 2019 happened. I came out of school. Then here's the pandemic year. So it was just, 
it was just a constant cycle of just healing and dealing with yourself. But um, just 2021, I want that to be a year where um, all the things that I've been thinking about, dreaming about, wanting to do for myself, I just want to bring that into the physical world. Because it's so much has just been stored inside my head, inside my soul, and it needs to come out. So it's just wanting to make, wanting to have 2020 being the year that I That's make incredible. it, you know, life um, is what you make it. Let's see. I want to pivot a couple of directions before we wrap this thing up. One is what are some misconceptions in the spiritual community, not necessarily around twin flames, but spirituality at large that you kind of want to debunk? Um Anything that you're seeing in the spiritual community, because, uh, you know, the point of spirituality is to remove labels, but then we kind of have a label around what a spiritual person should be doing or what a per- spiritual person, quote unquote, shouldn't be doing. Now, is there anything that you see uh, within the spiritual community where they are just like, OK, just because you do this, you're canceled just because you do that, you're not spiritual? you know we are spiritual beings having a human experience so when a person is being human allow them to be human don't think that they're just uh just a super person out here on this world like we are just the same it's just we all of us can be spiritual it's just tapping into your soul so if you see a person that's tapping in and they are aligned with their soul and connected to source they navigate through life in a different way so let's not look at people where in a negative light because they are they can be human at times. But um, I feel something that I see a lot when maybe when it comes to like manifestations is a lot of times we think that I see people feel like they make mm. may think they can do things too much on their own and feel like they can just manifest their whole entire life just by themselves. But no, it's it's more so like. we are connecting we are co-creating with source it's like we're bringing the energy and it's like imagine like source is just one big light and we have a plug what we do is we take our light and we plug it into that light to create what we want it's not like us just plugging our light and then just expecting this big giant light to expand or you have to plug into something more something with more energy than you and I think a lot of us we have to continue to you know, still do the praying, you know, like they say, ask and pray, pray without ceasing. And I think a lot of that can go into the twin flame journey is to continue to pray. Like, how badly do you want this? How badly do you want union? How badly do you want this new phase of your life? Continue to pray. Lord yeah. says pray without ceasing. That means to pray without stopping. Anytime you are praying for something that you want, that you desire, that you feel like you are meant to have, you're basically showing source the gratitude mm. for just placing it in your heart and in your life. And now it's the gratitude is saying like, now I can give this to you. But a lot of us, we're just going about this thing and, and we're kind of forgetting about God. But it's like, uh, it's like, imagine how God would feel. It's like, I just gave you the perfectly crafted partner for you. Yeah. All like the whole way you met them. I did all that. And then now all of a sudden, because you're separated, now you're pissed at me. So now you want to sit up here and like not even talk to me. You don't want to pray. You don't want you feel you can do this on your own. Now I'm going to prolong it until you got to come to me. It's like God will allow you to kind of run like a chicken with his head cut off or just run around in life trying to navigate, trying to figure things out on your own. And so finally you have to stop and just think, okay, God, I need your help. 
but you don't want to get too much to that point. But we got to remember, we need stores. Yeah, that's all of it, it's a weird thing about manifestation serious. where you create the life you want. <clears throat> but when it comes, it's so amazing. You couldn't have ever consciously decided, oh, yeah, this is exactly how I dreamed it. It, it, it will go. I never thought I would be doing a podcast. I never thought I would be helping out Twin Flames and actually making money online doing this exact thing, you know? So there is an element of not knowing and giving it up to God. Um, I think a big thing is being in a vibration where you can actually receive the blessing from source, right? Like, yeah, it's one thing to ask, but it's another thing to receive. So you are praying, you are asking, but are you in a place where you can receive, maintain, and protect whatever blessing comes your way? Um, I'm going to wrap up with some just rapid fire questions. These are going to be lighter questions. Um, oh, one thing that I do want to explore right before we go into those more lighthearted questions is um, how do you feel about the great conjunction? There was a lot of hype around it. Um, a lot of people are saying it's fake. You know, there wasn't really a spiritual awakening because of it. It blew up on TikTok. Um, I have my own thoughts about it. I want to hear how you felt about the whole 1221 hype because it feels like so last year already. And it was. It's literally last year, but. What's your what, what's your take on it? The great conjunction was that just with anything, I mean, even when they were talking about the end of the world in 2012 or what, I just felt like anytime something crazy is going to happen, we're not going to know what to expect until we get there. And I feel like it wasn't a it wasn't placed out there to keep us in fear. And if you were in fear, you were in the wrong vibration. It's like, don't, you'll be, we don't have that spirit of fear. And pretty much for me, I was more so calm about the whole thing. I was just relaxed. I'm like, whatever happens, I know I'm divinely protected, whatever goes on. And there's really no reason to think anything's going to be crazy. But um, I think what happened is why it, people started to say it was fake is because this, people are getting so many information and sometimes people can be misinformed. And I think that they may have taken things literal, like people are supposed to gain superpowers. There's going to be like a whole blackout. People are talking about a food shortage. People are talking about this. It's going to be black for three whole days. And But I think they may have taken it just a little too literal, where it's not like the sun is going to go completely out. It was just, a lot of it was just like an energetic shift, something that we can't we can't see with these two naked eyes that our avatar has. But there's spiritual things that's going around. So it was more something yep. that you could feel, not yeah. necessarily um, see. And again, I feel like we like to point towards things outside of ourselves to give us power, right? And so, like, the tarot cards have no power. You hold the power. You're the one interpreting them. You're the one choosing the cards. Uh, and same thing with the Great Conjunction, right? Like, it's not going to make. It's not going to give you superpowers. You give yourself the superpower. Just like doing anything, whether it's, you know, drinking wine or smoking weed, that's not going to take away your superpower. Like, you are the superpower. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing about um, the smoking weed thing, a lot of people may try to say, like, oh, if anyone tries to say it's bad for you and it creates all this anxiety, well, really, it depends on your state of mind that you're in when you're consuming it because weed itself is in the Bible. It's the herb. 
it's in the Bible. It's it's a plant. It was given to us. It's connecting us to our, you know, to source. Like that's why a lot of people say when they smoke weed, they feel like philosophical because you you open your third eye, you know. And I mean, even think of it this way: like you know, weed is the marijuana is is heart mm, chakra right. healing. I mean, the heart chakra, the color of the heart chakra is green. Mar- marijuana is green, same color. So it's it's really feeling feeling that within you. Now, I will be real that there are times where you could you could smoke weed and it kind of really trips you out. But if you were in a very low vibrational state already, in a bad mental and emotional state, that's where the the lower vibration will consume you. And that's where it, it really yep. is. You become flustered with all those thoughts. But if you're in a higher vibration and you consume it, then that higher vibration will consume you and you'll be more in that high vibe of thinking and understanding and seeing things from different perspectives. So really it goes into your emotional state. Now I would recommend that if you are in a very low state, you're dealing with your depression mm-hmm. don't use it as a, oh, as yeah. a depressant. Because yeah. eventually you can abuse that substance. You can become addicted to it and you becomes a crutch. It ne- definitely at times where if you feel like you can't go a day without it, take a break from it. Seriously, just, allow yourself to wean it off of it and like allow your mind to be in a much clearer space. Yeah. I could uh, talk about my marijuana usage and my journey with marijuana. Um, The thing that I definitely do agree. And I want to expand on is just the fact that weed is the greatest amplifier. So if you're stuck in paranoia, you're stuck in fear, it's going to expose the living hell out of you. And if you're happy and you're peaceful, it's going to give you accentuated, amplified bliss, right? My girlfriend was kind of taken back because on twelve twenty one, the crazy conjunction where like we were supposed to do this whole spiritual cleanse. She she she's like, I thought you were going to be meditating under a tree. Here you are waking and you know doing a little wake and bake. I'm just like, I don't know, man. I I, I just love my life, um, but yeah, I weed is just something that is it's it's beautiful to me. Um, and yeah, a lot of people listening to this right now, I feel like they have this whole perception of who I am. And so I just want to say, just, I, I do smoke weed quite a bit, um, of course, in a controlled way. Uh, but yeah, it's all about the intent that you use going into it rather than the plant itself. The spiritual people, a lot of wise people, they, they, it all started with them, with them smoking weed. So like, it's, it's no coincidence that you see a lot of these people like, you know, smoking weed or taking those other, those other drugs that can really just open you up, open up your third eye and allow you to see different things. So it's, but again, it's all a part of like the mental state when you're more in a place of, I want to explore this, you're in a better vibration, you're more you're calm when you're taking yeah. it. So that fear, that anxiety yeah. takes and, you over. You know, like you say, if you're in a lower mm-hmm. vibration okay. where you are feel, and what is a lower vibration, right? That That's just separation consciousness. When you're in your ego and you think of yourself as separate from other people, that's why you have fear because you don't realize that we're all one. Um, so if you smoke weed from a place of lower vibration, you will feel dissociated and you'll feel the tendency to dissociate. And so that's probably a place 
where you want to stay sober and not really smoke. <laughs> um, okay, so wrapping this thing up uh, with exactly. some rapid fire questions. Okay, who is your favorite musical artist right now? Top three. Top three that Ooh, I, I don't listen even, to. I have so You're many. Probably, yeah, Let's you see. listen to a whole now, variety me, I'm of a... people that no one's ever heard of. <sighs> Oh, hit me. Because, listen, I listen to a lot of old school music. When I say old school, I'm not talking oh, about shit, 90s, damn. baby. I'm talking about 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s. Like, <laughs> like let's wow. see. Um, I love me some Whitney Houston. Lo- that is my queen. I love her. I love Whitney. I cried for, like, three days when she died. Um, <laughs> second person is Stevie Wonder. I can listen to him, like, all the time. And another person... I would say Nat King Cole. His wow. voice is just so smooth, so soothing. And then, you know, his daughter, Natalie Cole, she sings a lot of his songs, too. So, like, I'll um, wow. listen to, like, the both of them. But I was not expecting to hear that answer. That's amazing. All right. Um, let's see. Next question. Bracelets or necklaces? Really? I have on three bracelets right now, so I would say bracelets. bracelets. Yeah. Sleeve, but you like those little beaded ones? Like I have like two. Yo, two on same. One wrist, I, and then I have one on my other wrist. I have right this evil too. eye bracelet on one of my wrists. It's so too. important for influencers or you know people on TikTok. Yeah, I, even, like, got, I went to this spiritual shop and got that. I got like two mood rings. So I have one for each hand. You know, like your left side is the masculine and the right side is the feminine. And what I've actually noticed about this is that those, each ring will be like a different color sometimes. So it's telling me like, okay, my feminine is feeling this. My masculine is feeling that really crazy. And actually what happened is when we first started this podcast, the one on my right hand, which is my feminine the moon ring, like jewel, kind of popped off. So I don't know if that's a sign. Telling that's me something amazing. Or whatever it, it is. But... Right. Uh, uh, okay. So last, let's say two questions. Um, I want to talk about food. What's your favorite dessert? I love dessert. I'm, I have a sweet tooth. Oh, I would probably say. Okay, what what, what flavor? Hmm. If you could describe yourself That's to be an ice cream, cream flavor, what would it be? Probably we ice cream. Yeah, two for one right here. Okay, so I would be like a vanilla and a chocolate. Yeah, of and course. And I would have a bunch of like, like you ever had like the chocolate mousse tracks? So like, I would have like, like chocolate mousse tracks, but like like a vanilla swirl inside of it, just just all through because just the this combination of like the vanilla and the chocolate ice cream interesting okay last question i actually got two more uh okay so what is your dream vacation spot dream vacation spot you know i don't think i have like a specific like country that I can name but I would just love to be somewhere where it's warm it's in nature and I'm love just, it. maybe like a rainforest 
It's just nothing Love but trees. It. It's nothing but uh, nature. It's just water. Is, do you something like who that. in the world's history do you feel you share the same exact energy as besides your twin flame? Like if you were like if you lived the past life, like who would that person be? Like a couple of people. Like, um, I probably feel like my energy resonates a lot with like Martin Luther King, with Mother Teresa, because you know these they were also INFJs. The way that they viewed the world and how they felt, it's like understanding their way of method of how they lived in the world was just that's amazing. That's amazing. it's amazing that you chose those like people that Mother didn't Teresa just work and Martin Luther King. Uh, they didn't live normal lives. You know, they, they thought about the collective, they were concerned for other people. And, you know, the more work and the more clearing you do on your behalf, the more you can be of value to other people. So I want to thank you for doing your healing and for going to those dark places of shadow work and really clearing out your own traumas. Cause you've been such a light to the thousands of followers you have on, Insta- on, on TikTok and the people who read your blog. Uh, so thank you on behalf of the collective for being such a light to the Twin Flame community and just the world in general. Uh, where can people find you? Well, thank you so much for, for saying that. I really Hello? Wait, sorry, you, you cut out. Can you say that again? My alarm just went off on my phone. So... Okay, so what I would say is my Instagram and my Twitter, you can follow me, is at Terry Ann Bell, all one word. And then my TikTok is at Terry Ann Bell 3. And you can also follow me on Facebook. I just created a Facebook page. Um, You can either type Terry Ann Bell or Terry Ann Talks. Either of them will will pop up. Uh, But yeah that's that's pretty awesome. much it just all of my social media don't um really have much else awesome yeah so i'll write that all out in the in the description to this podcast um thank you all for listening uh we're gonna try to pump out these podcast episodes at least once or twice a week um i did just put up a patreon for seven pick card readings a month so patreon.com backslash all things twin flames thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your night thanks no for coming problem. on thank Terri-Ann. you for having me dan bye-bye of course bye